Well, hello there. Fancy meeting you here. This is the big interview at the Euros. It's Sevilla time, 20 to 1 in the morning. The good news is that Pedri's on the march tomorrow, Tuesday, but at Las Rothas, which is, I don't know, something like four and a half hour, five hour drive away. So um, even though that's been a busy couple of days, and yeah, I'm not asking for crocodile tears. I know this is a great life. But it does mean uh, up at six, car at seven, big old drive to the Spanish capital in order to link up with the little 18-year-old genius that is... I can't believe I'm so excited about speaking directly to an 18-year-old. It comes off the back of a night where I think he distinguished himself um, without necessarily being the standout player. He was in a group of five or six out of the 22 and at 18 on a slow pitch. I think that's not bad. Just in case you are new to this, haven't caught up with what's been going on so far, I'm in Seville. We've just returned from La Cartuja, a big old bowl of a stadium which is on a little, I think a little peninsula, almost like an island. Um, they call it La Isla Magica, the magical island, um, which is just next to the Guadalquivir River here in Sevilla. It's a stadium that was built for um, supposed Olympics, which never happened. And it's just been host to a football match that could have been directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Full of tension, full of suspense, and the camera showing what the audience feared they might see and dared not look and hide behind their fingers, which is... Spain playing an even better game than they did against Portugal last week when they drew 0-0 at the Metropolitano. I mean, a significantly better game. And finding what one of their players described, I, I think it was... I think it was Marcos Llorente. A rainbow of different colours of way, ways to miss the, the goal. I guess not all of you necessarily watched Spain nil, Sweden nil. But you'll have caught up, well, either via the news or via my introduction, that this was a night of enormous frustration as well as tension. But there were some laughs about that, there's no question. For example, at the end of the evening, when I had the good fortune to um, interview Mikael Lustig, ex-you-know-who, and... I, you, it's obligatory, certainly if you're working and recommended for fans to wear your face mask still. Things have been liberalised a little bit in Spain. Certainly the opening hours are getting more like it. Uh, previously bars and restaurants were closed, then they were open until six o'clock at night, then till 11 o'clock, then midnight. And now, as of yesterday, bars and clubs in Madrid can open till 3am. Now, I have no idea what people might be doing out at that time of night, but... I may just try and find out. But at any rate, masks are still obligatory, particularly in the stadium. And Lustig takes one look at me, points at my mask, which is a beautiful, beautiful... Suffice to say, it's got two stars on it. And you may not know this, but there's only one Scottish club that's got two European stars, and that's the Mighty Dandies. So um, he points straight at it. And, and in fact, he's the second person... 
today or yesterday to have mentioned it. I can't remember who the other uh, Spaniard was, but it'll come back to me. And Lustig's like, take that off, brackets, unspoken, or I'm not speaking to you. But he, he followed that with a smile, and I enjoyed his, his humour. And he said in the interview that I did with him, yeah, um, we'd intended to be able to string more than three passes together because this was a night when, you know, Sweden's performance was pretty odd too. They defended pretty deep. Um, they weren't attractive. There was a point in the first half where, in fact, after 26 minutes, where Spain had completed two, completed, not attempted, 200 passes more than Sweden because Spain had made 240 completed passes and Sweden had made 31 after 26 minutes. Didn't stop them coming away with a point or a nil-nil draw. Um, the first time since, well, way back, I'd say 14, 15 years, that they've taken points off um, Sweden away from Stockholm. Um, and, and a damn good result for them, even though they were pretty aware that they'll have to play better, whereas Spain don't have to play better than that. In fact, Spain can play significantly worse than that as long as they put the ball in the net, because this was really remarkable. If you did watch it, you'll know exactly what I mean. If you didn't, then this was a game to give body to the phrase that I'd never heard before I moved to Spain. La, la pelota no quería entrar. The ball didn't want to go in. I'm pretty certain, certainly growing up in Scotland and during my time working in England, that we don't use that. We don't personify the football and give it free will and decide that it's just chosen not to go in. In fact, maybe we're a more warlike, abusive nation and we always find somebody to blame, not the ball. But the Spaniards blame the ball. So there were various times when that phrase, la pelota no quería, no quería entrar, was used, and there have been one or two times over the 20 years I've spent here where I can almost, not believe it, but understand it because things get so bizarre, and, and it has to be tonight because not only should Morata have scored, should Koke have scored, um, you would argue that probably Koke could have had two Danny almost should have had a minimum of, of one. And just to add force to that idea that not only were Spain the victims of a night when the ball went, no, I'm, I'm bollocks, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going in. Um, when Sweden had their really, really big chance, because they had two, and Luis Enrique's comment at the end was that we face a rival that just banked its defence and looked for a long ball, but you said still they could have won. The crazy, crazy occasion um, came from Alex Isaac. Now, I'm a reactionary stubborn goat, and um, I've tried to argue a little bit that people are getting slightly overexcited about Isaac, not about his talent, because that, I, I do agree, we can be liberal in our praise, we can be excited, but... I've seen patchy performances this season. I've seen him looking tired, properly tired, such that there's no question that with William Jose going to Wolves, the fact that Isaac knew he was the, the automatic number nine week in, week out, definitely gave him that, that self-certainty that improved him 
that I think is a part of his best goal tally ever for a domestic season. He's also walked and talked with a tiny bit more of swagger, I think, and that's good for a striker. But when people say brilliant, unstoppable, what a kid, he's fantastic, and and fail to, to point out that there are several clear things that he can improve, well, that ticks me off. And it's not just obstinacy, but accuracy that surfaces. However, uh, last night, he gave a big performance. There were occasions when he ran and dragged three or four players with him when his quick feet, and that's something that his um, his ex-teammate, who I spoke to a couple of days ago, Diego Llorente, who's now at Leeds, but was with uh, Isaac at La Real. He said, look, for a, for a big, tall guy, he got really nimble feet, and he showed that. On what was quite a spongy pitch, and, and it is worth saying that that was something that I anticipated Spain wouldn't be pleased about. Um, Luis Enrique said, look, my, my players came in and complained about the pitch. And it's largely about the fact that the ball wasn't fizzing. And they just think, particularly against defensive sides, the, the shorter the grass, the less spongy it is, the better it's watered, the quicker the ball flows, the more chance that a clever pass will get past its man. Anyway, um, Isaac had the same conditions to cope with and he often looked as if he was just floating away from uh, opponents. When his chance came, there was a little bit of pinball going on in the penalty box with Emerick Laporte, who uh, the last stage I looked at the stats had made you know, 90 completed passes with 100% accuracy, which ain't bad, even for a centre-half who's not playing against a team that's using a high press. It was a decent night for Laporte. Anyway, he, Laporte and Isaac played a little bit of pinball um, just um, late in the, or three quarters of the way through the first half where the ball lands somehow back at Isaac. He has a little stab at it and it's going across goal and Marcos Llorente has moved in from right back and the, the four of them with Unai Simon are alone in the, in the box, certainly in the, in the six-yard area. And, and Isaac's stab at goal is... Probably not going to go in, but Urenti has a little swish at it with his leg. I think it comes off the top of his ankle and his shin, bounces off the post and straight into Unai Simon's hands. And the look of, I don't know, begrudging distress, astonishment on Isaac's face was a picture that I'll remember for a long, long time. And, and I have to be sympathetic to him as well, because he, he definitely thought that Urenti's technique couldn't be so great that he deliberately played a 1-2 off the post. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Look, there's been a jocular tone uh, and a smile on my face as I think back on, on what's happened tonight. But I think the common phrase is glass half full, glass half empty. But to avoid necessarily reaching directly for that cliche, one of the things I'd say is that this needs to come into context of difficulties in scoring killer goals, crucial goals against Greece in the World Cup qualification against Georgia when only an absolute miracle thunderbolt from Danny Olmo in the 91st minute got Spain a win. Even against Kosovo, Spain's real domination in the golfing class was not properly reflected by a 3-0 win. 3-0 is 3-0, so let's not be pissy about that. But lump on top of it, the, the Portugal draw at the Metropolitano when... Spain were better than Cristiano Ronaldo's side, but not as significantly um, superior as, as they were this evening against Sweden, then I think it's probably since Euro 96 or thereabouts that Spain have put two consecutive nil-nil draws together. At least a stat like that was bouncing around and I've had a stab at it. So you'd argue there's a problem. And there's definitely a problem in that Alvaro Morata has always been a clever striker who gets into good areas. And also maybe a prodigiously hard-working striker and it may be more his his absolute workhorse willingness than than you know football genius brain that gets him into scoring positions. And throughout his career, ever since I've been watching him, it is true that he'll go through phases where it's it's almost if, as if he's stubbornly not wanting to do the simple thing and just score any old how. He was booed and jeered at the end of the Portugal friendly and some fuckwits in the crowd sang the... Morata, que malo eres, que malo eres. Morata, how bad you are. Which is a shitty thing to do for any fan base. But the the groans and moans tonight when... I'd say there were probably two standout chances. One, a rangy shot from outside the box in the second half, which he pulled. And the other one being um, a really big opportunity where Jordi Alba's through ball was sclaffed up by the Swedish defender and Morata was left on his own against Robin Olsen. And as good as Olsen was, and I asked Lindelof, look, do you want to share that prize you've got for man of the match with Olsen? And he said, definitely, no question at all. And Olsen has consistently been exceptional against Spain. Uh, he's had a, a draw and defeats to show for it before tonight. But I remember interviewing him after the 3-0 win for Spain over Sweden in the Bernabeu when Olsen was furious that he'd been beaten so many times on a night when he thought he'd performed... Well, I thought he'd performed man of the match then too. So my point is that in the instance when Morata went straight through, 
there was nothing that Olsen could do or did do. Morata just chose the wrong option. He looked to bend it with his right foot past Olsen's left hand when if he'd just cut it back the other way, which was a simple enough option, Olsen's dive, which was to his own left, would have left the ball going straight over him and into uh, the corner of the net. So he didn't. Morata didn't do that. And by the end, I asked Koke about his ex-Aleti teammate and, and how much this would affect him. Uh, he agreed with my point that Morata's got a huge character, and, and, and I think he does. He's extremely ebullient. It's got to be weighing on him, not the criticism from the fans, and no doubt tomorrow the media. But there's going to be this thing about Gerard Moreno has to play. And I think that... There was so little wrong with Spain's performance that when Laporte says, which he did say, if we keep playing like that, we'll win nine games out of every ten we play. I think that's true. But nonetheless, groups pass in a flash. You have to score. You won't go through on three nil-nil draws. And as such, there'll be a debate for Luis Enrique. First of all, he'll have to explain why he didn't start Gerard Moreno. And that, I think, is extremely weird. Was he injured? Was there a slight precautionary note to it? We don't know. I have to say I don't know. If somebody else does, let them tell me. Let them break the story. I haven't seen that anything anywhere about why. When I spoke to Luis Enrique the night before the match, um, he talked about the value of the last training session being really about getting a feel for the pitch, getting a feel for the air in the stadium, the excitement, very few tactical refinements, just a kind of run through. He said, look, they're... There's a couple of niggles here and there, a couple of bumps and nothing to lose sleep over. I've got 10 of the 11 in my head sorted out. And I wondered who the, the guy that he thought had taken a bump and, and might need protection was. And I still don't know if it was Gerard Moreno, but if he wasn't injured, it, it does look like one of the few errors that the Spain coach made in not selecting him. Because credit to Luis Enrique when the ball wasn't going in, when the chances were reigning in on Sweden, but there was still no advantage gained from them. He decided that he didn't need a defensive pivot in Rodri and that he would have an attacking, daring one in Thiago. He threw on both, well, Gerard Moreno plus Sarabia and now it'll come to me, Oyarzabal as well. So there was a real attacking theme to what he wanted to do. And you couldn't castigate him for that. And you couldn't say that it was a coaching error. They, in Spain, another phrase they use all the time is pausa, which is easy t to think of as a false friend and say, well, pause, that means just to take a little bit of time. Ah, maybe they'd have scored if they had a bit more pausa, if they'd taken more time over things. But it doesn't quite mean that. Pausa means the, the stillness, the, the slowness in your mind where whenever everybody else is frantic around you, you've just got that stillness and slowness in your brain to do the right thing. So no lack of speed, but it's as if you can see the next five seconds in, in slow-mo in your mind, and pausa becomes that habit of doing exactly the right thing, no matter how frantic things are around you. And maybe that's the one thing that you could say, that they didn't show. I think we sometimes call it cold blood. Can you be cold-blooded in front of goal? Maybe they lack that. And certainly Gerard Moreno is the informed striker. And if he's not injured, then that's who you'd count upon to change Spain's 
dynamics. There's a phrase. So, um, I don't think that there's a whole hell of a lot to, to worry about or to complain about. I would argue that um, they can't go on like this. Two games in a row where they've just failed to take advantage of pretty decent football. And I'll defend that point to anybody. There were a lot of things that Spain did that were intelligent, creative. They took risks and it was attractive to watch. Everybody, De Stefano's famous phrase that a game without a goal is like a day without sunshine. Fine. Okay. But the clouds were breaking and the sun was trying to peek through all night. And I think to some extent, no harm to them, Sweden got a little bit lucky. Lindelof was man of the match. Robin Olsen could easily have been, possibly should have been. And there is no doubt that of the two big chances that um, Sweden have, which I think the other one was Berg at the back post, Really, Isaac was in a position where he, he probably could and should have scored. So we'll put the game to bed. We'll go back to Las Rosas. Hopefully we'll talk to Pedri. Um, a, a lot now will be to do with how Luis Enrique uses video analysis to show his troops just where um, an extra pass was needed or an earlier shot was needed. And... Joaquin Valdez is the name you don't know. No relation to Victor Valdez and also I think spelt differently. But Joaquin Valdez is the sports psychologist that accompanies Luis Enrique everywhere he goes. Not only from job to job, but he's by his elbow a lot of the time listening and I think assessing about what messages should be. And maybe there's a role with him and the coach and maybe even with Morata over the coming days before the second uh, group game, which will be interesting and tense, because there needs to be a click, the click that didn't happen at La Cartuja, but there also needs to be more football like this. This was an unrewarded three-and-a-half-star performance out of five, which ain't bad. We Scots would have settled for that. On which point I close with my Bet365 man of the day. And bugger it all, it's got to be your man, Schick. Um, I saw a lot of jokes. I didn't see anything about Schickhousery. Because it's it's a bit of a bugger when West Ham's fullback, flying fullback, was able to overlap as easily as that and put in a beautiful cross and Schick nods home to first goal at Hamden. Yep. Not great, um, after which, for my money, Scotland were not only territorially dominant, dominant in possession terms, I th again, I'm arguing that, maybe against prevailing opinion, I think Scotland played quite well and merited at least one goal, if not two, didn't get it. And therefore, when, when young Henry takes a, a little speculative run at something and a shot, when he's a little bit exposed. In other words, he wasn't quite last man. But that idea about shooting from where he took the idea to shoot from was, was maybe a little bit ill-chosen. But he couldn't have known how bad the chain of events were going to become. And as as sore as it is to, to praise an opponent on an afternoon when the dream turned a little bit sour, 
not because of defeat, but because of how little Scotland got back for their endeavour, for their intelligence, for a really, really good performance from Andy Robertson. But, but generally, an afternoon where, particularly once uh, Che Adams was on, and, and maybe again like Gerard Moreno and La Cartuja, maybe Scotland's coach will reflect and say, I'm, yeah, he should have started. Certainly how it feels at this distance. But when that ball rebounds to Schick and on the run, he reckons he can hit it with enough power, trajectory and curve to chip poor old David Marshall. Then I'm afraid fellow Scots, I'm afraid people who don't like the Czech Republic, we're all going to have to eat a humble pie, doff our caps and say, Mr Schick, you are. The big interview at the Euros, sponsored by Bet365, man of the day. You bloody rotter. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 